What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here, the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. And Tad, we're coming into week three here. We are, you know, we're getting a sense of which teams are looking like contenders, which teams are pretenders, um, which teams are clearly tanking. Um, by the looks of the Cardinals, it's just hard to tell, right? Like, by all their moves, it seems like they're clearly in the boat of, like, we want the number one overall pick. We're probably going to draft Caleb Williams. I don't know what the exact situation is there. But then they sort of, like, end up taking a huge lead against the Giants last weekend. They did end up losing that game. Um, they had a big lead against the Commanders as well. They ended up losing that game, too. But just, well, like, I, I don't know what sort big... of team are we expecting for the Cardinals. But it's, like, they're clearly not tanking. It's weird. Well, no, see, this is why I said, I think on the last episode or two episodes ago, where this is why, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago, we've talked about this a lot, where tanking in the NFL does not work, because the front office clearly is tanking. The players, though, and this is why tanking the NFL doesn't work, is because when you were this blatantly obvious about it, you piss off your players. And then they're like, fine, fine, you think we suck? We'll show you how much we suck. And then because it's the NFL, they end up winning more games than not. So that is why, yes, I, I, I'm completely with you. I think the front office is trying to tank, but those players are not going to let this happen. And we will get into Cardinals players in this episode because, my God, a lot of them are outperforming their expectations, especially when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, and one real cool, cool thing I should speak about when it comes to the players and the Cardinals specifically is that I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw this clip that the Cardinals had posted. Um, so I don't know, but their starting quarterback, Josh Dobbs, he has alopecia. Mm-hmm. So it's like yep. he can't, you know, he grow, can't hair grow hair or whatever. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it, it all came out as an early age. But the cool thing was is that he was talking to a cheerleader on the Cardinals that also had alopecia. Wow. So they're sort of like swapping stories. It's just like I just like the inclusivity, right, where it's just like, OK, just because this woman has alopecia doesn't mean she can't be a cheerleader. So it's like she's still part of the squad. And they were just talking about like how young they were when they started losing hair and all that stuff. It's just like it was a pretty cool thing. So it's like and, and Josh Jobs is a perfect example example of that of like they traded for him just to be like fine whatever you're a band-aid he's yeah. looking good he's been looking pretty it's good like, and we were joking about this on a previous episode it's like the Steelers are probably watching him now like where the hell was this guy for the last yeah. three years no, like come on I, yeah and, like, it's just like it's, it's it's that's the thing is like tanking by purposely tanking you light a fire under these players asses that you it has the opposite effect that you want so as per usual the Cardinals came and tank right yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, pretty cool story that I saw there that I just wanted to share. So, no, um, but yeah, let's sort of get into our week three slate of action here, Tad. Obviously, we're going to be talking about our favorite starts and sits this week. And then we're sort of changing it up. You know, this has always sort of been your segment. I sort of have been a part of it the past, you know, year or so, I think. But we're sort of going back to like, you know, you sort of owning this segment and that's you're going to give your sports bet picks and I may make some comments on it. So it may okay. be a little bit different than last week's All episode. Right, let's go for it. Definitely. I'll still be giving my sport bet picks. They'll definitely just be coming on the social media graphics. So make sure you see the ticker down below. You're following us on our social media handle so that you can be aware of that graphic to get all your sport bet picks. Maybe make a parlay just like Tad was sort of teasing last, uh, last week that with all the picks, if it sort of hits on all of them, you could be making some pretty good coin there for sure. So Tad, let's definitely start this out with our starts and sits for this week. So let's start at the quarterback position. Do you have a start? Or do you have a sip for me here in week three? So 
one of the hardest things about being a teacher is when, you know, your students aren't understanding something you're trying to teach and you try to give an example. And then you realize like, wow, this is actually really hard to, you know, convey to them, which by the way, try teaching them what the word convey means. That's also very yeah. difficult. One of those terms that they need to know is irony. I have a great example of irony because this quarterback that is a start of mine, I just traded him away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you like him, but yet you got rid of him. And that is because I was not a believer in him. So to give our people a little bit of context is I agreed to this trade almost two weeks ago. But the problem is he was playing on Thursday night, which is a massive hint of who I'm about to say. And so it processed after his game. And after his game, I was like, I should not have accepted that trade. I was like, I want him back because right now I'm stuck with Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw, has a burner account on Twitter and it is absolutely hilarious, mm. but oh, it's so good. good. He's Not like sure. throwing his O-line under the bus and everything. It's so funny. So I'm stuck with Deshaun Watson. Meanwhile, the guy I trade away was Kirk Cousins. And I know what some people may still be skeptical just because it seems like skeptical is the perfect word to sum up Kirk Cousins career. Like all his career, people have just been like skeptical. Like, can he keep it going? He had 28 point performance against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, last technically last week, it was closer to two weeks ago now, but I think that if people are nervous about, you know, can he repeat that? Um, I think he can, I think he's legit. And here's why is because his uh, running game, even with the Cam Akers trade, He's still very weak for now. Now, moving forward, that's a discussion to be had down the road is, okay, now how does that affect his value? But for this week, K-Makers probably isn't going to play. And if he does, it's probably going to be very minimal, which means the Vikings running game, which has been near non-existent, is going to continue to struggle against a Chargers defense that was underperformed. I think we'll still do fairly well against Minnesota meaning that Kirk Cousins is going to have to pass it a whole hell of a lot to stay in this game against one of the top-tier offenses in this league. Right after his Eagles performance, Cousins was is now ranked as the second-best quarterback in fantasy. And the only reason he's second-best is because Brock Purdy killed it on Thursday night. How was that game, by the way? Fantastic. I don't know if you could tell, but my voice is still a little hoarse from that. Game. Boy. So. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, but so, insane. It was so good. So that's the only reason he's QB two is because Brock Purdy now has those, you know, 19 extra points over him. Otherwise he would be the top ranked fantasy quarterback right now. And I look, I just think that while the Vikings aren't going to win this game against the Chargers, more on that later, I think that there will be enough throwing opportunities for Kirk Cousins here that you can take advantage of. And I know what people are thinking, especially if you're a casual NFL fan, like, aren't the Chargers really good? Mertz, you know, it's early in the episode, but let's play our favorite game. My favorite game. Over, under. Have the Chargers allowed over or under 600 total passing yards to quarterback so far this season? Over. You are correct, my friend. Good yeah. job. No, Good this job. one, this one, I know because it's like we were both so very high on the Chargers this offseason, just the changes that they are going to make and just how competitive they are going to be. But yeah, even though like there's stats that are coming out every single like, okay, I know it's only been two weeks, but after every week, there's stats that come out by like, oh, the Chargers are the only team in history to do this, to do this, and be 0 and 2. Yeah. And they're the only team to do this, to do this, 
but they're still 0-2. And it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening in Los Angeles right now with the Chargers specifically. But, yeah, it's just they need to fix something really quickly. This is a very important game for the Chargers. I'm telling you. Well, I'll tell you what's happening Actually, it's an important Angeles. game for both teams because they're both 0-2. Mm-hmm. We'll sort of get they're into both this later in the episode, mm-hmm. too. But just whoever loses this game, there's going to be a lot of questions raised. Well, I was about to say, I'll tell you what's happening in Los Angeles right now. It's, it's Brandon Saley getting fired is what's happening. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, yep. Look at that. Now, the actual number is they have allowed 666 yards to opposing yeah. quarterbacks so far this year. Now, I'm not a very religious person myself, but yeah. 666, putting up the crosses for our listening audience. Like, stay away. Like, I'm just saying, like, this Chargers defense, I think, will allow Minnesota to stay in this game. So, I think Kirk Cousins, is he going to have another 28 points? Probably not. Could he go for over 20? I think it's a real possibility. So, I got Kirk Cousins as my start. Yeah, actually, I'm going to one-up you. I have a little bit more confidence that I think he's going to have over 25. Like, maybe not oh, 28, right. but I expect this game to be high-scoring. That's just like, I don't think both teams have a very strong defense. Like, just based on what we've seen no. the past two weeks, um, especially from the, you know, optimism surrounding the Chargers, like I was just thinking about earlier here. So it's just... I don't think that it's going to be a very defensive heavy game. It's going to be a highlights of both offenses. So yeah, I very much expect Kirk cousins to sort of like have a very repeat performance to what he did against the Eagles last week. But yeah, maybe not that 28 point range, but I'm thinking hundred percent over 20 points, but I'm leaning more towards that over 25 point range. So I mean, yeah. we're, we're just talking semantics at this point, yeah. but yeah, I think he lands at like 22, 23, either way, he's a good start. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So I'm going to go with the sit at the quarterback position here, Tad, and I'm going to be talking about a quarterback that's sort of been raising some eyebrows just based on all that we've heard of the offseason with, you know, Aaron Rodgers leaving to go to the New York Jets and just can this guy be the successor and just we haven't seen it before and obviously be talking about Aaron Rodgers leaving the team. You obviously know that I'm talking about Jordan Love here. The Green Bay Packers are playing the New Orleans Saints and Tad. You were a massive doubter of this I guy. Was, and, you I know, was. I was as well. You were a little bit more. I still I am. I, I'm still out. So still long, him, by the and way. it's fair. It's fair. Like I've talked about, it's only two weeks into the season. We're sort of getting an idea about where these teams are going to be as far as like, are they contenders or are they pretenders? But it's still a little bit early. We need maybe a little bit more NFL action to really get a gauge about like where these teams as far as how are they going to be competing for a potential playoff spot. But now I know yeah. he's a, he's a sit, but this week is the proving point. If he can prove you wrong, I will admit right here, right now, I'm being recorded. I see the timestamp right there. I will admit if Jordan Love performs well this week, I'm a believer. But I don't think he will. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think this is, once again, I think a very critical week for him because I think you look at the past two weeks, they played the Chicago Bears, who are just not living up to expectations based on not what we saw in the offseason. Then they played the Atlanta Falcons last week. I know they lost that game, but we still saw some pretty good things from Jordan Love as well. Still threw for two touch, uh, sorry, excuse me, three touchdowns, and he threw for over 150 passing yards. But yeah, in that first game, he threw for a lot more. He also had three passing touchdowns in that game as well, but... This is the big thing. He's going to be playing the New Orleans Saints. And I know what you can say about the New Orleans Saints. I know they haven't faced the stiffest competition as well. Week one, they played the Tennessee Titans, whose offense is, eh, it was all right. There's only one touchdown in that game in the entire game for both teams. Touch bad game. About that team. And then they played the Carolina Panthers last week. They just, unfortunately, they're just still putting things together. Fortunately, um, Bryce Young hurt himself in that game. So he's going to be out this week. So make sure you're adjusting your Un- Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't think you enunciated the un there enough. 
unfortunately, unfortunately for sure. But maybe it's fortunately too, because that's the long term of their future, right? So it's like you know they I mean? do seem to be handling in a very smart way. I will give them exactly. There. Exactly. You need to make sure that guy is healthy for you long term as opposed to you know short term here, because they're still rebuilding. But anyway, so it's like the Saints have played both those teams in two consecutive weeks, so they've been pretty good at limiting both those teams to any sort of you know massive points. They only allowed one touchdown across both games, and that was against the Carolina Panthers in garbage time when the Panthers were sort of coming back or trying to, and they allowed sort of like a quote unquote garbage touchdown when the Saints pretty much had the game in control. So this is probably their tougher, toughest test for the Saints. And then on the flip side, this is the toughest test for Jordan Love that, you know, if this defense is really as legit as it is that we've seen the past two weeks and it wasn't just, you know, the teams that they were playing, then Jordan Love is really going to have to figure out a way to sort of get the ball out, make sure he's finding the right open receivers, making sure he's not, falling over the center tad i don't know if you saw that clip or that. saw the no, game but just of yeah. him not you know i don't know whether the center just didn't understand like this is where the snap needed happen he was trying to go over the quick sneak i believe it just yeah it fell over it was not the greatest thing to see there uh but yeah overall from what i'm seeing i just you know he scored 20 points in back-to-back games here. Jordan Love, that is. But I just think in this week, it's going to be a lot tougher for him. And so while he may play good at times, I just don't think he's going to be worth a fantasy start this week. But yeah, I mean, count me in, Tad, where it's like if he could sort of have another 20-point performance against the New Orleans Saints, then I'm going to start believing that this guy can be potentially an every-week starter. I agree with that 100% with everything you just said, especially because, uh, look, we're not saying drop Jordan Love. We're not saying yep. like get him off your roster but this is a what i call a speculative benching i'm like okay you know what you got but let's put him on the bench for this week and if he outperforms he'll lose one week and look i struggle with this as well fancy managers need to understand like if you lose one week it's not that bad that's why i think the whole bye week um drafting strategy of like oh i can't have all these players on the same bye week if you drop one week it's not the end yeah. of the world so mm-hmm. that's the whole thing of like okay yeah yeah bench jordan love he outperforms and he lost bummer but now like Amir said you know you have a quarterback moving forward or on the flip side of that coin he sucks because this is a big thing concerning me about Jordan Love is he is still yet to complete 60% of his passes or more over the course of the last two weeks so that's where my uh trepidation is how about that for a word trepidation is what Jordan Love is I'm gonna have my students try to spell that on Monday that's gonna be hilarious (laughs) but uh that that's where my worry is for Jordan Love is is he just an opportunistic player with all of his touchdowns or is he actually this good? I don't know yet. I I yeah. I'm leaning one way. I think it's more opportunistic. His low yardage numbers, his low completion numbers are kind of showing me that. But I could be wrong. I'll totally admit to that. He's looking much better than I thought. So for now, I think he is an absolute, like, keep him on your bench for this week. And if he does well this week, great. If he does badly this week, I'm not saying get rid of him either. But just, you know, okay, maybe I need a backup option just in case. It's kind of like me with Deshaun Watson. I'm like, now I am, I shouldn't say this on the podcast because my friends listen to this who are in my league. But uh, I am very desperately looking for an uh, insurance policy on Deshaun Watson now. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole thing. It's like, do you need an insurance policy on Jordan Love? Or, you know, is he your guy moving forward? I think this is the week that's really going to tell you, you know, one way or the other. 100%. And you may hear that same thing as we sort of go through this episode about just this being a critical week. Because usually three weeks of action sort of gives you, you start games getting clear as, yeah. you know, the teams itself, the players themselves as well. So you should get a good idea. So, yeah, critical week for Jordan Love as well. So, Tyler, let's move on to the running back position. You got to start or sit for me here. I got to sit for you. All right. 
it's the rare sit where I'm also going to, you know, have to, you know, eat some crow, eat some raven. What is it? Crow. That's the crow, appropriate ra- one there. Crow, yeah. raven, they're the same fucking bird. But anyway, <laughs> look, as a once great coach said, who also will probably be fired at the end of this year, I'm a man. I'm 29. He's a man. I'm 40, but I'm actually yeah. 29. So, yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's self-editing there. I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. And look, it's looking like I was wrong on P. John Robinson. That was my hottest take writing of the season. Whew. I told you. I told Whew. you. <laughs> man, I have heard that one from my friends. I'm also wrong about this player. And look, Bijan didn't shock me that much because I just didn't think they were going to use him. But they're using him. So I'm like, of course he's good. I said he was good. If you go back and look at our draft stream, I said he was good. So it was nothing against Bijan. It was more his usage I was worried about. But Arthur Smith is smarter than I gave him crap for. This guy, I totally thought would bust. This guy is absolutely sticking in my face. And he is so good. I recently just traded for him because I am such a big believer in him. James Conner is killing it with the Arizona Cardinals. Like you said, with this whole like tanking offense, I was like, he is the only good player on this offense. Why would you ever depend on a running back that is with a team that's going to be down so much? But like you said, this team's not down all that often. So the running game is actually pretty much the focal point of this offense, especially uh, with Josh Dobbs kind of dual threat ability. I think that's been opening up a lot of opportunities for James Conner. So right now he is currently ranked as the 13th best running back in fantasy football right now. I don't even think he broke my top 22 or top 21, whatever our rankings were. So, I mean, this guy is blowing away all expectations. I think he is a dependable starter moving forward, except for this week. I don't think you should start him this week because I think it's going to be a lot like that South Park character where, you know, or South Park character, uh, the South Park scene where they do the Washington racial slurs uh, joke, oh, yeah, the whole episode yeah, Dan yeah. Snyder does mm-hmm. his like last stand on the field. Yeah, I think that's going to be the Cardinals against the Cowboys this weekend. Like that, I think we're setting up for a massacre here. So I think that with James Connors' 16 point performance and maybe even higher, depending on your, the scoring in your league. It's going to be a classic what I call like, oh, I missed out on it. Start, which means like, oh, I benched him. He did really well. I need to start him this week. I don't know if you watch Friends, Mer, but the, I'm referencing it right here is don't do it. <laughs> That's the scene where Chandler admits he doesn't like puppies. But yeah. um, point being is like, I know it's tempting. And I, I think that James Conner is a solid start moving forward. But this Dallas defense, I'm I'm buying in. I'm buying in this, even with Trevon Diggs out. And yes, that sucks. But I've said on this podcast for a while, and I know, you know, I'm kind of kicking him while he's down, but Trevon Diggs is overrated. Like he's, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad corner, but I think he's an overrated corner. It gets a lot of those turnover numbers. So people are like, Oh my God. But like the whole thing is the reason he gets a lot of those turnover numbers. He lets the receiver pretty open and then he's just that leg enough to get in front of him. So while Diggs' presence or lack of presence definitely will hurt them, I don't see him as the heart and soul of this defense. Obviously, that's Micah Parsons. That man is not human. <laughs> he is absolutely killing it right he now. He is so I mean, scary. So James Conner and Josh Jobs going against what is one of the best defenses I've seen in years. Uh, I'm staying away from James Conner 100%. But again, hold on to him. Don't drop him. Hold on to him. But just he's an absolute bench option. Yeah, but I think hang on to him for sure because, yeah, he's going to have a rough game this week against the Cowboys. Next week, he plays the Niners. 
So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit cautious as far as, like, whether you could trust him for two straight weeks. But, obviously, we'll approach week four once we actually get to that episode. But, yeah, this week against the Cowboys, I mean, they, they just play another level. I don't think the Cardinals will be in this game at all. Um, I think the Kurt spread right now, thanks to our friends on Bet Online, is 13 points. So, I mean, it's pretty severe as far as, like, how much, you know, people are thinking that the Cowboys are going to win this game. But, yeah, James Conner has been proving a lot of people wrong. I know he's been, you know, sort of been drafted sort of like that mid um, RB2 sort of flex range. But, yeah, I think he's sort of solidifying himself as that RB2 for sure. Um, we don't know whether this is going to sustain for the Cardinals it's, all season it's, long. It's dropped a massive 0. .5. It's now 12 and a half. Okay, 12 and a half. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, just, you know, keep trusting James Carter based on what we're seeing with his Cardinals team. But just, yeah, for this week and possibly next week as well, he's better off sitting on the bench and not getting you, you know, the three or four points that he may probably get for you. Oh, so, man, if, um, that, if that, because get this, get this. Against the Jets last week, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Dalvin Cook, the Cowboys held all three of them combined to 3.2 points. Combined. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. All of those guys are good running backs. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to get to a start here, Tad. And unfortunately, this is going to be coming against your Indianapolis Colts this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go start with Gus Edwards with the Baltimore okay. Ravens playing the Indianapolis Colts. So Justice Hill, a lot of people were clamoring to pick him up told off the waiver you, wires. He scored you not two to touchdowns after Jacob we, Dobbins, after J.K. Dobbins you. got hurt. But here's the thing. He's dealing with a toe injury, so he is not going to be playing this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, sorry, against the Indianapolis Colts. He won't be playing for the Baltimore Ravens. I should say that there. Um, also, I do know the Ravens did sign Kenyon Drake to add to their backfield as sort of like an insurance policy, but I don't think he's going to be involved in the offense that well that much because he was signed so late in the week as far as getting acclimated to the game plan and getting acclimated to the playbook. So, I mean, he may see a couple touches here, but I think this is pretty much going to be Gus Edwards is backfield to control for this week as well. Um, Colts have actually been pretty good against the run. You look at last week, they stopped the Texans. They only held up to 52 rushing yards and zero rushing touchdowns. But problem was, is they played a stronger rushing team last week in the Jacksonville Jaguars. They allowed 102 rushing, uh, sorry, 105 rushing yards to the Jacksonville Jaguars and two rushing touchdowns. And so, yeah, the Baltimore Raiders are a little bit stronger of a rushing team. They also got the rushing quarterback in Lamar Jackson as well. But just, yeah, I expect Gus Edwards to get a bulk of those carries in the backfield there. And because of that volume, Ted, I know you love volume when it comes to fast football. It. it makes a ton of sense love as to it. why you do. But, yeah, I think because of that, I expect Edwards to be a really strong start this week. And also you have to look at the fact that the Colts are starting Gardner Minshew this week. I know he looked really good in a spot start for you, Tad, when Anthony Richardson left the game with a concussion. But for a full game against the Baltimore Ravens with the strong defense as they have, I don't know how often they'll see the field. And so that will let the defense keep the offense well-rested to then obviously come out and score a lot. If they get ahead, they'll run out the clock more for Gus Edwards then. So yeah, I very much like Gus Edwards as a start this week. Yeah. I'm expecting us to get our asses kicked this week. Like I'm just, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a disaster. Cause I think this is something a lot of people don't uh, really account for is yes. Minshew did phenomenal. He had like an 80% completion rate last weekend or something like that. Two things about that. One, it was against the Texans. So let's relax Two, yeah. you got, I, I, I don't think enough fans take this into account of when a backup quarterback comes in, especially one that plays so differently from the starter. The team did not game plan for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baltimore has been game playing for Minshew all week. Richardson was not even close to practicing all week. Trust me. I was watching obsessively. So they know what's coming. And on top of that, like this offense already was a little iffy. 
So I, I just look, I love Indianapolis. I I'm, I'm starting to fall in love with Anthony Richardson, but I think that this offense still has a lot of work to go. And in fact, one of my sits spoiler alert will be a Colt. Um, because I, I don't think this game is going to end very well for anyone in a blue jersey on Sunday. So I completely agree with you, though, is that like Gus Edwards with everyone out, that pure volume, that run out the clock thing, as long as you don't do what your goddamn 49ers did. Put McCaffrey in in the second half. You yeah. Bastards. I, I, I understand why you didn't, it, but still, it's very frustrating watching an Elijah Mitchell out there. But unless the Baltimore Ravens do that, which I don't think they will, because as you touched on, they don't really have the depth to do that, then yeah. I think Gus Edwards is going to get plenty of touches. Great start. Maybe not as a running back one or two, but he is the perfect flex starter. All right, Ted, let's ever get to wide receivers here. Do you got to start and sit for me here? Well, this is the cold I'm sitting is I'm yeah. uh, look, 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 I'm, I'm very happy. He has exceeded my expectations and I'm very happy he has, but I think you have got to sit Michael Pittman. I understand the temptation because he has been killing it. The dude has 23 targets and 16 catches over the last two weeks. Like he is a production machine. Like you said, I love me those touches. 23 targets over two games is ridiculous numbers. Like that's a Pakua. How do you say Nakua? Puka Nakua. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, so that kid, uh, Michael Pittman is putting up those type of numbers. Again, I'm not sure this offense is going to look totally different with Minshew in there. I don't think they're going to run it as much, nor should they. Also, they shouldn't run it as much with when Richardson comes back in. But anyway, uh, that's a whole other podcast I could do. But my point being is I don't – and look, I'm a Colts fan. I follow this team obsessively. I have no freaking clue what this offense is going to look like going into tomorrow's game. So I think with all this unknown going on, is you are just better off taking a flyer on another receiver. And if you need receivers to take a flyer on to replace him with, you see our handles right down there. Hit us up because it's very situation specific. I don't know if you're in a 12-man league or if you're in an eight-man league, those options are going to be wildly different. So if you need help with replacing him, hit us up. But I'm telling you right now, I would not start Michael Pittman with all this unknown going on with a very good defense coming in. And I know I understand that Baltimore's defense has not looked like typical Baltimore defense. But I also don't think people understand that Gardner Minshew, while not a bad backup quarterback, is at the end of the day still a backup quarterback. I think that's the key thing there because the Baltimore is dealing with a lot of injuries both on both sides of the ball. We already talked about Justice Hill, but they're going to be missing a couple of the guys on defense as well. So, yeah, there could be a situation where Michael Pittman can sort of take advantage of that. And he is the number one in that offense. So, once again, it's just that pure volume effect that if they're playing from behind. He may get a lot more targets. But just, yeah, I don't see him it being significant enough where it could warrant him being in the starting roster. I could probably argue him possibly being in the flex position if you really need to. Sure. But if, if you have if better options. Desperate. I think better on the bench. Yeah, I if you're super good. desperate, let's say, and he should be okay. I'm not I'm not spreading fake news or anything, but like DK Metcalf has a questionable tag on him, right? So let's say like surprisingly tomorrow morning, he from all reports I've read, Metcalf's good to go. But let's say like let, let's just say you get your surprise out, right? And like that happens. Okay, then Pittman will probably produce well enough for you, but I don't think well enough is what a lot of people are expecting from him at this point. Exactly. Exactly. So, Tad, I'm going to transition from one former USC receiver to another former USC receiver. But I'm going to go with the start here, Tad. And this is 
Jordan Addison. I know we sort of already talked about this game between the Chargers and the Vikings. Uh, The Vikings offense has added another dimension. I mean, we talked about this in the offseason that they sort of, you know, moved on from Adam Thielen, who was a great dependable receiver for them for a long time. Unfortunately, just wasn't showing it the last couple of seasons. They moved on from him. He is now playing in Carolina. He could be actually a sneaky start as well in Carolina with Andy Dalton, maybe more production out of the passing game there, just being the number one. He actually looked good last week against the Saints, but I'm not talking about Adam Thielen here i talk about his replacement in jordan addison he's been played really good opposite justin jefferson justin jefferson's been able to feast as well he's been getting over 100 yards in back-to-back games getting a lot of targets but here's the one thing tad jefferson hasn't found the end zone you know who has found the end zone you know who has found the end zone for two straight weeks Jordan Addison. And I mean, go. I know what you can say here that, you know, there's sort of this is sort of the thing that we talked about in the offseason. That's like, you know, with all the attention going to Jeff- Justin Jefferson, this could free up a lot of things for Jordan Addison. And now as we start the season here, a lot of people are still giving all their attention to Justin Jefferson. But I mean, Jefferson's just so talented. He's still able to get the yards, but they're preventing him from scoring. And when they actually get closer to the red zone or just on those log drives, they're preventing those big bomb plays. But that's where it's opening it up for Jordan Addison. So as the season progresses, we may see some coverages start to shift shift over to Addison and that's where Jefferson can sort of feast a little bit more and get some scores. But I think in this game, we've seen it in back-to-back weeks. Like I talked about, Tad, he has scored in two straight weeks. He has back-to-back 60-yard uh, receiving games, at least 60 yards, and he's had over five receptions as well in both those games as well. So, I mean, he's getting consistent numbers for two straight weeks, like I talked about. I don't think this is going to be a very defensive-heavy game. I think both offenses are definitely going to put on a clinic in this game, and because of that, I like Jordan Asset to score for a third straight week, and because of that, I think he's automatically a start for your fantasy roster, whether that's in the flex or if you have to, put him in a wide receiver two position, but 100% he should be in your starting roster. So I'm blanking on his name right now, and I, I should have looked it up while you were talking, but uh, uh, one of our loyal Twitter followers asked us last, was that last week, two weeks ago? Uh, like I, I, It was last week of like, who do I start? He uh, named Elijah Moore, Jordan Addison, uh, and Jahan Dotson. You and I picked badly, my friend, because you said yeah. Elijah Moore, I said Jahan Dotson, Jordan Addison kicked both of their asses. But yeah, here was the frustrating sure. thing is Jordan Addison only had three catches. So I was right. Yeah. But like you said, one of those catches was for a touchdown. So he is a touch. You know who he reminds me a lot of, not in terms of play style, but in terms of fantasy output style, is a young Keenan Allen. Whereas, like, if Keenan mm-hmm. Allen doesn't score, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, during his early years with the Chargers, it was like, if Keenan Allen doesn't score a touchdown, he's not going to do shit for you. But if he scores a touchdown, he's going to go 15 or over. And that sure. is exactly what Jordan Addison is. But, like you said, like, we, we have enough evidence to this point where I think that that's a safe bet to make that Jordan Addison is going to score. And if he's not, he's going to have a long bomb of a throw that will get you at least seven points right there on that one play. So uh, I, I completely agree with you. This game's going to be not blowout, but a shootout. It's going to be Shoot, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. It's yep. going to be a, a very high scoring game. Definitely take the. This is not one of the bets we're doing later on, but definitely take the over on that game. I think if if you have Addison and if you have Pittman, Addison is the easy start over Pittman. One hundred percent. Um, Ted, let's get to the tight end position here. I know it's usually pretty tough with the tight end position, but who do you got here as a start or a sit this week? Okay, so I'm totally cheating here because I'm basically just doing the same pick, but it's just a different player now. And what I mean by that is a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, you should pick up Logan Thomas or you should start Logan Thomas. I was right, by the way. But unfortunately, Logan Thomas took one hell of a hit against the Broncos and he is already 
been ruled out with a concussion for this week, which is good. Sit him out. Don't mess with it. Just sit out with that head stuff. But anyway, that means Cole Turner, who is a player I said could eat into his production. Well, now there's no production to be eaten into. It's all yours. Like, here's the meal, man. So I think Cole Turner is a very interesting prospect going into this commander's game against the Bills. Now, I know what you're saying is, Ted, they're playing the Bills. And I was shocked when I looked up these stats. The Bills allowed 0.7 points to the Jets tight ends and 3.7 points to the Raiders tight ends. Now, I will say I think that is more of the other team's scheme or the other team's situation or lack of talents because the Jets don't really have a good tight end. Okay, so it's not that surprising that the Bills were able to shut them down. Also, they have Zach Wilson. The, That's the, the bigger one. Yeah, bigger yeah. Because I do like Tyler Conklin. I think he's a pretty good tight end, but I think it's more of the latter. It's Zach Wilson. Yeah. So in the, in the Raiders, I think it's a scheme thing. It was the same thing we were doing last year with Darren Waller of like, why isn't Darren Waller good anymore? And we're seeing with the Giants of like, well, now Darren Waller still got it. Uh, I mean, you saw it in person on Thursday. Like, no, he's still good. It's just for some reason, Josh McDaniels, which is like counterintuitive, um, not using his tight ends. So I think yeah. it was more of like a team scheme thing and a lack of talent thing. And Another big thing is I think the commanders are going to get blown out here. I don't think they're going to keep this game close. I think that, you know, the spread is, oh, I have in my notes. Hold on. The spread here is six points. So the commanders are six point underdogs. Um, I take the bills on that, which means though, there's going to be a lot of passing by the commanders to try to stay in it. So I think that Cole Turner, while he may not blow you away with his yard numbers is I think he's good for even at worst case scenario, a garbage time touchdown. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, it could happen, but I think it's very dependent on that garbage time touchdown. Cause yeah, if he doesn't score, then I don't like his aspirations for this week. Um, long-term we'll see about that, but just, yeah, I think, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later. Cause this is actually a pick for, you know, a little bit later here. Uh, but just, yeah, I don't think that the commanders are going to be in this game at all either. And it's really going to dictate how the fantasy performances for the Washington commanders will play out as well. So yeah, Cole Turner, it's very, you know, it's one of those, you know, lottery ticket plays where it's like, if he gets that touchdown, out that he's an absolutely fantastic start for you but if you put him in the starting lineup and he doesn't score then yeah you'll have to deal with the dregs of like maybe three points he's good for, he's good for a score trust me he's good for a score all right god damn it unfortunately tad this is a higher higher end tight end that i actually had higher hopes for we'll see it's still early in the season maybe could turn around but my sit this week is dalton schultz of the houston texans play against the jacksonville jaguars <laughs> and tad we saw what he was doing in dallas and i really thought that was going to translate when he signed to the offseason with the houston houston texans here that's just he'll be a good safety blanket for cj stroud and he'll get a lot of targets especially in that offense with you know Robert Woods, I know Nico Collins has started to emerge here, but just like outside of that, they didn't really have a lot of, you know, proven weapons. I know Tank Dell was drafted as a rookie, obviously. Uh, one of my favorite guys, Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State was drafted as well. But just like, once again, unproven. I just don't know what we can expect from those guys. So I thought Dalton Schultz would be more reliable. Unfortunately, I don't know what it is, but CJ Stroud's not looking his way. Like, I mean, Tad, through two weeks, he has 11 targets, which is pretty respectable. But Tad, off of those 11 targets, he's only caught six of those passes for a measly. This is combined across two weeks. 38 receiving yards and zero touchdowns. So that is not so what he's averaging want. 19 yards a, a, a game. 
19 like yards. I'm actually impressed with that one. You Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's why I wanted to show it off because I was like, I can but do But that's this actually one. how bad it's been that Good if Tad can do that that quickly, that's yeah. how bad. Yeah, no, when the number – you want no, you're right. That is a very good sign that your offense is not good. When the numbers are so low, I'm like, I can do this division. That exactly. is when you know you're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. So I really expected a lot more from Dalton Schultz and his offense, but just I haven't seen it so far. So until I see it, I think the biggest thing is you need to sit him until you can sort of get that proven. That's like CJ Stroud will finally realize that's like, okay, I need to involve my tight end a little bit more. Maybe Bobby Slowick in that offensive coordinator. He also played with George Kittle at his time in San Francisco. So maybe eventually he'll be like, we need to drop some more plays for Schultz because this guy has a lot of talent. But for some reason, the Houston, Texas offense is not using it in this offense. And so, yeah playing against the Jaguars, divisional opponent. Um, maybe we'll see something here, but for me, I need to see it before I can start trusting my starting roster. I'm leaving on the bench this week. I completely agree. Um, the only thing I have to say about that is, what's the name of their OC again? He was a 49ers passing coordinator. As I said, Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick. Okay. Uh, I mean, we talked about Brandon Staley potentially getting fired. I mean, that dude's like on the fast track to the hot seat because – I, I don't have an explanation for it, but Houston's offense just looks inept. Inept is the best word for it. It's like, I don't understand. And I think you and I were kind of talking in the offseason of like it almost being flipped of like, okay, Houston's offense is fairly solid. Their defense needs some work, even with the addition of Will Anderson. But it's almost the, the complete opposite, but there's no reason for their offense to suck. That's not That offense does not lack talent. There is a lot of good Damian Pierce, C.J. Stroud, John Mechie, Nico Collins, Robert Woods. I mean, uh, Dalton Schultz. Like, there's talent on that. Larry Tunsil, who you traded a boatload of draft picks to get. There is talent on that offense. There's zero reason it should not be working, but it is not. I'm not starting a single Texan until I see, you know, change to the contrary. Yeah, exactly. I'm just waiting to see exactly what we can expect for this offense. I know they're sort of like in a little bit of a rebuilding, trying to figure out the scheme and things like that. So it may come a little bit later. But yeah, as of right now, it's hard to trust the Texans offense and 100% hard to trust Dalton Schultz as a starter in your fancy lineup. It's so, almost like two draft experts told you CJ Stroud may take a while to adjust the NFL. <laughs> it's almost like it. It's almost like it. Uh, Tad, let's sort of close out the our starts and sits here. Let's get to our kickers and our defenses here. So do you have starts or sits for me at both? positions all right i gotta start for you at the defense position is the my most hated team that's well are they my, my most hated team no i would probably put them like second or third anyway one of my most hated teams is the new england patriots defense now i'm about to show you how hip i am as the kids would say the patriots defense have been pretty mid the last two weeks oh god pretty pretty mid how about that yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had stop. to do it. You yeah, I know. I, I had right to do it. It, it was, <laughs> I, I swung for the fences. It was a strikeout. But anyway, you look at what they've done the last two weeks. They put up five points against both their oppo- opponents. So I think that the, the reason I listen to them is one of my starts, because I know they're going to be a popular pickup candidate this week. But I think more casual fantasy fans are going to look at them and be like, eh, five points, like 10 points overall on the season. That's not that good. Okay, but you have to look at the context, right? Is they played the Eagles week one. They played the Dolphins week two. That is a brutal opening, by the way. So honestly, getting five points, I count that as a win. And on top of that, they forced two turnovers and had four sacks in both of those games. So they're like, it's it's not a defense to, you know, just kind of like, you know, brush away. On top of that, you look at who they are playing this week, the New York Jets. Ooh, this is a rough team. 
So the Jets have allowed it. Look, if Aaron Rodgers didn't even, if, if he survived against the Bills, he there's no way he would have survived this season. Because the Jets have allowed six sacks over the last two weeks. And yes, I know they played amazing defense in Dallas, but this offensive line does not look good. And there's a reason Zach Wilson does not look good either. And by the way, leading the league with four interceptions is because he's always out there running for his life. It was on the Manning cast where Manning was like, oh, just keep running backwards. Yeah, that's a good idea. But it's like, what else do you want him to do? Yeah. He's getting chased uh-huh. down. So, like, look, Zach, I'm not going to, like, come to Zach Wilson's defense all that much. He's not good. He's a solid backup maybe. But he's been he's been done no favors by this offensive line. So I think the Patriots are absolutely going to feast on this Jets defense. I think if you're a little iffy, if you already had the Patriots defense on your roster of like, I don't know, they've just been okay. I think this is their coming out party this weekend. And as for kicker, this is the typical trap, uh, uh, not kicker. I won't blame the kickers, but this is a typical uh, trap. A lot of uh, uh, fantasy managers will fall into. I was almost going to say the other word, but I know we're trying to back off the other word. Yes. Okay. Is, uh, especially because I'm teaching Frederick Douglass right now, so I'm very sensitive to that word. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, good. Um, is when a kicker is on a good offense, is will that offense overperform? Meaning, is he just going to kick extra points? And I think that's absolutely what's going to happen with Brandon McManus of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like we said, this Houston Texans team is a absolute dumpster fire. They're looking like, you know, a top five, draft pick type of team. So I don't think the Jags are going to be kicking that many field goals. I think McManus will get you a solid four or five points from extra points. I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of field goal opportunities. So he's, right. if I didn't make it clear, he's a set for me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense here. So I would start with my kicker position. Did you finish there? I'm going to go with the start though. And I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints kicker, Blake Groupie. So fun fact, he- by the way, fun fact, he was so small that team security stopped him. During the preseason, it was just like, you're a fan trying to get on the field. He's like, no, I'm the kicker. And yeah. they're just like, prove it. And they had to get one of the coaches to come and be like, that's our kicker, man. Let him in. Yeah, no, it, it's insane. It's insane. Um, so the Saints have been playing, like I talked about earlier in the episode, the Saints have been playing really good defense. And, you know, this game against the Packers, I think, will be very much in the same vein. But I could also see the Packers sort of being able to take advantage of some of those, you know, soft openings. Like I said, this is a very good prove-it game for Jordan Love to really prove that he is the successor there in Green Bay. So, yeah, if he can find a way to sort of dice up this defense a little bit more than what the Saints have allowed the past couple of of weeks, excuse me, then, yeah, we could see a very close match as far as, you know, both, both offenses being able to do enough to get it within field goal range. But not maybe scoring enough touchdowns. So I could see the Packers probably scoring one touchdown, but maybe not consistently throughout the game. And I can see very much the same thing with the Saints. I like the Saints offense a little bit more, so I think they'll have a little bit easier time moving down the field. But the Packers defense has been playing pretty well too. So I can see them limiting the Saints from scoring too many touchdowns. I can see this playing out very similarly to when the Saints played the Titans in week one, where there's only one touchdown the entire game for both teams. So this could be a very similar situation. But in that game, there's a ton of field goals. And in this case, I like the Saints to move down the field a little bit more compared to the Packers. So that's why I like Groupie, the Saints' kicker, to really have some good opportunities here to score for the Saints. So I like him as a sneaky start this week. This reeks of a 20 to 13 game so much. And you know what that It'd means? Absolute, that. I can see absolute like 17 money. to 13. Yeah. 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 But that means absolute money for kickers. That's like nine extra exactly. points right there. Great start. Yeah. Exactly. So I like Groupie there. I'll go with the defenses here, Tab. We sort of talked about this earlier, but I'm sitting the commander's defense against the Buffalo wow. Bills. How, how bold of you. <laughs> 
So as I like the Washington Divas. They got a lot of talented players on that team. I, we, hey, we called that they would do well against Denver. I know they didn't do well that first half, but that second half, they, they recouped you some points. Exactly, because they got a lot of talent on that defensive line. They got a lot of talent in that secondary as well. Underrated talent that I don't think a lot of people talk about. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the Bills are sort of trying to sort of make a statement game again for a second straight week. Because you watch that week one, and everybody's just like, what is going on with the Bills? They should have won this game pretty easily. And in, in, in overtime, they end up losing the, the that answer, game. Right? The answer is Josh Allen, by the way. Exactly. And then, so what happened in week two? They absolutely stomped all over the Las Vegas Raiders. They scored 38 points on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So I can see them doing the same thing here in Washington. That's like, okay, we can't let up. We really need to make sure we're making a statement in the AFC that we are still contenders. This is, like I said, a very good prove-it week for a lot of teams that's just like, okay, which team should we be expecting the rest the season obviously a lot of people talk about the bills being a competitive team this is a good chance for them to just sort of make that you know confirmation that's like okay yeah they are still one of the contenders in the afc i know there's a lot of contenders in the afc this year so yeah we'll see if they can sort of make that separation but just yeah because of that i just don't like the commander's defense because also like you talked about tad now washington offense is still a little bit iffy like i do have confidence in sam howell but i have seen a lot of just like questionable decisions we've seen some ball security issues with him not being able to handle snaps and just you know just like I said, just a lot of he's inexperience. That he's we're basically right? a rookie. He's barely played. He's barely played. So, I mean, yeah. it's sort of all that shows. And so, yeah, I like, you know, garbage time for Washington could be sort of your savior here for fantasy aspects. But their defense, my God, they'll get tired against this Buffalo Bills defense. They won't be able to get home as much as you would like, especially what they did against Denver last week. So, yeah, 100% sit the commander's defense this week. But long term, they could still be a really good, reasonable start depending on the matchup. But, yeah, this week, they'll do it. Don't do it. So don't do it. Don't do it. Exactly. But uh, um, yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. Like it's it's like that old Michael Jordan commercial of like if you were like a Commanders fan that's so loyal that you're like no, I think they're still worth the start because that's the only way I can justify that in my head is uh, stop, get help. Like <laughs> come on. Um, on a real quick yes or no question, Jonathan Allen, most underrated defensive lineman in the league. He's up there. He's definitely He's up, up there. there. He's in my top three for sure. So, mm-hmm. but yes, no, I mean, like I said, I would take the bills minus six every day of the week. Like that is the easiest cover you can make. And I think dad, that makes an easy transition point here because yeah, we have concluded our starts and sits here, but yeah, let's definitely get now to your NFL bet picks of the week for this week here in week three. I mean, like we talked about, I'm not going to give any of my picks, but yeah, definitely make sure you're following us on our social media handles, which we'll plug a little bit later in the show. Every time it's at the start, you are so good. But yeah, make sure you're following the social media handles. But yeah, we'll make sure to get to it as we plug them a little bit later here. But Tad, let's get your NFL bets here for the spread and the money line for this week here in week three. So let's have it. I mean, I said I would take the Bills at minus six, and I would, but that is not my pick for this week, is because I was shocked when I was doing research the other day for this segment. Is I, I understand why the Broncos are plus six and a half underdogs going into Miami, but come on. Like we cannot pretend I, I look, we're buying into all this first take bullshit that the Denver start to the season has been disastrous. And I'm not going to say it's been good, obviously, but it has not been the train wreck that a lot of people want it to be. People just want Denver to suck because it makes for good talking points. Denver's lost both of their games by a combined three points. They lost by a point to the Raiders and two points to the commanders. And look, I mean, they 
maybe they show one last week. We're not going to touch on that. The whole replay, two-point conversion, whatever. But the point being is, like, they're not like a cupcake team. This, especially last week, shocked me. Because after that Raiders, you know, week one performance, I was like, I don't know, maybe this offense doesn't have it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, no, this offense is at, like, they have it. Now the defense is a problem because they're dealing with, like, a thousand injuries on that side of the ball. But the whole point being is, do I think the Denver Broncos are going to beat the Miami Dolphins? No. Do I think the Denver Broncos are going to get blown out by the Miami Dolphins? No. So I think that six and a half is way too big. So they are my pick for the spread. What do you think about that pick? Yeah, I like this one too. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. So yeah, the six and a half, like I know Miami's been playing really well too, but just, yeah, I could see that, you know, Denver sort of keeping this game close. I mean, Russell Wilson is playing a lot better compared to last season. I think as the season goes along, this team is just going to get a lot more better. And healthier. To what we healthier. And healthier. That's the big one too, for sure. So yeah, I expect that, you know, they can keep it within that six and a half for sure. I like it. Yeah. Six and a half is just too big. Like if that was like four and a half, then I'll be like, mm, that's a little dicier. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But six and a half uh. um, with money line. Look, we love that online. They are great sponsors and keep sponsoring us because you are great. We are great. It's a great partnership. They're cheating a bit here. I have to admit they're, they're cheating. So technically speaking, the Los Angeles chargers are underdogs at minus one Oh three. That's cheating. Because the, <laughs> the, the Vikings are at minus 117. So it's just like, eh, okay. So basically, I, I think that the Chargers, uh, well, uh, and I know people are like, well, minus 117, minus 103. No, no, the Chargers are favorites to win this. It's plus one for the Chargers on the spread. So I think that Bet Online is trying to say, basically, what they're trying to say is, I think what we're all saying, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, they're, 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 yeah. they're trying to hedge their bets, and I cannot blame them. But I am fairly confident the Chargers are going to end up winning this game for this reason is, like I said, I highly doubt Cam Akers plays a single snap in this game after being traded just a couple days ago. And if he does, I don't know how useful he'll be in a new system. So the Vikings have basically no running game still. And the Chargers, even with Austin Eckler out, have an an effective enough system where this offense can still function without a star. So I think that it will be close. It will be a shootout, as you mentioned plenty of times already in this episode, but I think the Chargers are the more talented team and therefore will edge them out. So Chargers, minus 103, money line. Yeah, and I think the funny thing is that it's the exact reasoning as to why this game is only a one-point spread and that it's minus 103 for the Chargers and 117 for the Vikings because I feel the exact opposite. I like the Vikings in this game because, you, you know— I don't. We don't know. <laughs> no one knows. Because, you know, I, exactly like I said, it's actually reports have already come out. Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, has said that it's going to be too late for us to implement Cam Akers in this game. So I don't think he's going to play a snap against the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers this week. But I think because of that, I think this is a really good – once again, we sort of been echoing the same thing the all episode long. This is a proven game for Alexander Madison, and I think he could sort of live up to expectations ooh, ooh, and really step up that and in. run against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think he's going to be like, no. I'm still the main guy in town. Cam Akers is going to be my supplemental piece, not the other way around. And so I can see Alexander Madison finally having a good game and establishing that running game for Minnesota this week. And just, yeah, unfortunately, it's just like I I very much like it to be a close game. I think it very much could go either way. But for some reason, with the Vikings at home, Kirk Cousins does better at home. It's not a primetime game. I think I like the Vikings to sort of take this one nothing, here. Nothing deadlier, is going to be close. nothing deadlier than 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. 
Yeah, exactly. So, cause yeah, I play in a pickup league and we do it based on confidence points. So it's like, how confident mm. are you oh, I remember that you this, me about this that. team yeah. is going to win? This is my lowest confidence score for the week. I'm only giving it one point because I have no idea. I really don't. Like I said, it's a coin flip. It wouldn't shock me if the Vikings won, but given the odds and the rest of it, cause the money lines weren't that great this week. And that's the money yeah, line I felt most it was confident interesting. in. This, this betting week was very interesting for sure. But just, yeah, this could go either way. Um, it could be the Chargers. It could be the Vikings. I don't know. But, yeah, looks like Chad is picking the Chargers here. So, yeah, we'll see how this all plays out. But, guys, that will close out whoa, our whoa, week. Whoa, 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 I have a player prop. Okay. Let's hear your player prop then. Okay. We usually don't do the player props. That's why. So I just, you know. Yeah, well, no, I, I feel very confident in this one. That's why I want okay, to do right, it. Okay, all right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's right, hear your player God props. damn it. He better score if I'm interrupting the show for this. He I better, know. This is a big score. one. This is a crucial he one better, here. I, am be- and I just traded for this man, too. So it's, it's doubly big. James Cook, one plus touchdown at plus 150. How is that an underdog? They are playing a team that we both agree are probably about to get blown out which means that the Bills are going to be running it a lot to run out the clock and him to score just one touchdown, just one. Just plus one because just plus one touchdown. Exactly. Yeah. How is that possible? The dude's had 30 carries over the last two games. Like he's clearly the guy in Buffalo. Like I don't understand why that's an underdog pick. So plus 150, James Cook, one touchdown. That's my favorite bet of the week, which is why I wanted to include it on the show. Anyway, can carry on with the conclusion. I guess the one thing I'll add there is to maybe that's why it's plus 150 is has he scored this season? I don't think he has, right? Uh, that's good. I think he's scored one. So hold on. You filibuster. Because <laughs> I think that could be the reasoning as to why he's at plus 150, even though, you know, like I said, we both like the Bills to sort of beat the Washington Commanders. But as involved as he is in this offense, I think he just has that's not the scored the season. He has not. So I think that's the biggest reasoning. I think because he hasn't scored the season, it's like he's been racking up all he the yards. He averaged seven yards a carry last week. I know. I know. I'm very much for you, and I very much like James Cook. I have a rostered in a lot of my leagues as well, but just I think the biggest thing there is to why it's plus 150 for any touchdown. I think it's because he hasn't scored yet. So I'm wondering if that's where the betting lines are sort of going. It's just that, yeah, he'll get you the yards in both the receiving and the rushing department, but he's not finding the touchdown just yet. So I like it, though. I think he can't finally score this week. Plus 150. Okay. All right. We'll see how this goes. Uh, we'll see how all these bets goes. We'll see how our starts and sits goes as we get into the week three slate of action here. But guys, we appreciate everybody who tuned into the episode. Um, make sure we've said this before a couple of times on the episode. Follow us on our social media handles. You see it coming down God, below. You got us on Twitter here. You got you me at Other Side 23. You got Tad at Tad Decide 94. You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. Like we talked about, Tad is the only one who gave his sports bets for this week on the podcast. But I gave all of my picks on our betting graphics. So the only way you can find out about that is get to our social media handles so you can be aware of all those graphics and all those picks. Make whatever picks you want. And hey, if you want to make a pick that you know you're not unsure, you're unsure of and you don't know what you should do, make sure you're interacting with us because that is why we're here. We're here to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. We're here to help you win some money as well with some sports betting advice. So interact with us on social media. We are here to help you in all departments. It can be hyper-specific. It can be general. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, make sure you're interacting with us because we're here to help you for sure. Um, Wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe to our podcast uh, where you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can listen right on Spotify as well. You listen on the LAFB Network website too. Uh, Just hit that subscribe button 
haven't, always up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you're always up to date with our YouTube videos as well. And please, guys, make sure you're supporting our parent network at LAFB Network. They give you a lot of great content when it comes to the NFL level with the Chargers and the Rams. And, of course, they got you covered on the college level as well with the UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans. So a ton of great content across all four LA sports teams there. Make sure you're following them on their social media handles. Make sure you're reading their content. Make sure you're listening to the podcast. A lot of great content coming across there. But guys, to everybody who's, you know, listening to our podcast, watching the videos, interacting with us on social media, I mean, just anything and everything that you're doing to support our podcast, we really can't thank you enough. And look, I know this episode's coming out a little later than usual. That's my bad. I was sick all week. We had to push it off because I was basically coughing up a lung uh, when we normally True. record. True. So that would not have been good for you, for me, or anybody, especially the listeners. Like, that just sounded nasty. It was bad all around, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I know we're running up against the clock here. We got less less than 12 hours, if I'm doing my math right. Uh, no, yeah. not 12 hours. No, no, not 12 hours. What, kickoff's at 2 a.m. now? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. The new thing. The new thing NFL is trying. Yeah, plus, honestly, <laughs> I'd be down. <laughs> honestly, don't put it past them either. I don't no, know. <laughs> no, no. I, I can't wait till we have a German team. But uh, uh, we have less than 24 hours. I know that right. for sure. Until yeah. NFL kickoff. So if you need some last-minute advice, like Amir said, interaction. Is hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. We know we're hitting you up a little late here with you know our advice now. So let us help you out a bit more. You know, contact us through there. Let us know. We will do our best to get you that dub unless you are in one of our leagues, in which case we will horribly mislead you. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And please stay safe, everyone.